Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to His Word being preached. I just want to um, share very quickly from, um, from Matthew chapter 18. So if you have your Bible, you're welcome to open with me. Um, I'm just going to read from verse 1 to 6, uh, a short portion from Matthew chapter 18. I'm reading from the ESV, and it says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And they called, and, um, and calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one of one such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Father, we thank you for your word and we pray, Lord, that you'll speak to us and instruct us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so it's interesting here, yeah, Jesus comes and he, and he uses this child as an object lesson, as it were, of what we should become. And the interesting thing is, it's actually quite surprising. I mean, us who have heard, read the Gospels before, we've seen this. We've seen Jesus saying, you know, you must become like a little child. So it's sort of entered into our way of thinking and we think, okay, yes, you know, you must become like a little child. We accept that. But the reality, if that were, is, if that were not in the Bible then we would have been quite surprised, wouldn't we? I mean, in Jesus' day, the last thing that you wanted to do was become like a child. Even in our day, you know, people don't want to become like children. We say to people, grow up, you know. <laughs> Get over it, grow up, you know. <laughs> and um, so, so the reality is often we, we, we don't want to become like children. So, so it's quite surprising that Jesus uses a child here and says, you must become like a, a little child. Now, I, I, I just want to mention a couple of characteristics but before I do Jesus does teach that we should become like children in some ways we should be like children in some ways but also unlike children in other ways uh, for instance in one place he says um, you know you must you must be as it were mature and not foolish you must be uh, gentle as doves but sly as serpents in other words what Jesus teaches is that we should be childlike, not childish. Okay, Because there is a childishness which the Bible doesn't encourage. So the Bible does say, um, no, be wise and not foolish. Be, um, learn and, and grow in knowledge. Don't be ignorant. Uh, the Bible does, for instance, say um, that we must be trusting but not gullible and easily deceived. So those are all childishness. And that the Bible doesn't encourage that. Jesus doesn't encourage that. But what he does encourage is childlikeness, that we must be like children. And the interesting thing is he says, unless you become like little children, and, and, and the word there is, is, is not just children in general, it's little children. He says you will never enter the kingdom. 
In other words, the way into the kingdom is to become like a little child. And in the kingdom, there's a principle, the way in is the way on. The way in is the way on. And the reason why it tells us to become like little children in order to enter the kingdom is because he wants us in the good sense of the world, not, not the childish sense, but the childlike sense of the word, to be like children, to live like children in the kingdom. And um, that's what he encourages us to do. As we enter the kingdom, so should we live in it. And, and I want to specifically this morning just focus a bit on prayer and, and show you that in prayer it's the same. In prayer, we should be childlike. In order to be able to pray the way that God wants us to and the way that Jesus teaches us to, we should become childlike. And that's why the, the Lord's Prayer starts with our Father. Now, how, you know, how do you know that someone's a father? They have children. The only thing that makes you a father is having children. <laughs> Without children, you cannot be a father. Okay? And in other words, the Our Father, the model prayer that Jesus teaches us, is, is a prayer that he teaches us to pray from the perspective of children. To say, Our Father. And in, in, in praying, we should have a childlike approach. Um, as a, a childlike approach to prayer. So I just want to mention three ways in which we should be childlike in prayer. Okay? So some, some childlike characteristics. Uh, three major ways that we should be childlike in prayer. The first one, and, and it's one that's mentioned in the text that we read, is childlike humility. When we become older, as we grow up, we tend to become more concerned about status and putting the best foot forward and looking okay, looking good, sounding good. It's, it's a natural thing. And um, actually, in general, it's actually fine. You know, there is such a thing as appropriate behavior. You know? <laughs> so, so there's not a problem with that. But there is a problem if we allow that to control our relationship with God. You see, towards other people, we might become grown-ups. But towards God, we will always be children. Right? In the kingdom, there are only children of God. They're only children of God. No matter how old or how mature you become, you'll always be a child of God. In other words, there is a sense in which we need to relate to God slightly differently than we, re than we relate to, to other people. We must always retain that childlikeness. That, um, you, that childlike humility that doesn't care about status, that, that's not too um, concerned about what other people think. That's not always trying to put the best foot forward. I mean, it's, it's really, it, it's so prevalent around us that, that there's a lot of pressure to do that. You know, we, we live in, a, in the selfie age where you share on social media your best moments, the edited version of your life, you know, the director's cut that makes you look good, you know, and that makes you look like you have an awesome life and everyone else reads it and they compare your awesome director's cut edited version of your life with their bland, dull life and they like get into a depression and think, oh my goodness, you know, I've got to unfriend this person, you know, they, they're too awesome for me, you know, nothing ever goes wrong in their life, you know, everything's always hunky-dory. 
And that's the opposite. We live lives like that. And then even, I mean, it, it filters into our, our, our face-to-face interaction with one another. We start editing our lives around one another. Children don't do that. Children are humble. Children um, don't care about what people think. And that's why they sometimes do inappropriate things. It's because they just don't care what other people think of them. Um, so as children, we should, we should come as we are and be unconcerned with trying to impress God and impress people. So often we don't pray because we are afraid of what other people are going to think. So often we don't pray because we worry about what God's going to think. And I want to tell you now that just as when my little Ethan comes to me and his squeaky little voice tries to talk to me and have a conversation with me, you know, even though his grammar isn't always correct, even though he, he, you know, his pronunciation of certain words isn't always correct, I love talking to him because he's my child, he's my son. It's special to me. No matter how you talk to God, God loves it. And maybe for some of you, like uh, Antonia was saying, that's the seven other seven-eighths of the iceberg that you need to discover. <laughs> that you don't have to present a filtered version of yourself to God. You can just come as you are. Be like childlike humility and come and just be yourself. And, and the other thing is also children know that they cannot do everything by themselves. You know, they, they're still in the process of learning to do things for themselves. So they're very dependent. And when you're dependent, you're not afraid to go and ask other people to help you. But as you become more self-reliant, more competent, more mature, we tend to not ask for help anymore. Because I'm supposed to be able to do this myself. What are they going to think? You know? And sometimes we do that with God. And we try and do things for ourselves that God should be doing for us. And we battle to do all kinds of things which God could do very easily for us. I love it when little Ethan comes. And he, he can't even take my whole hand. So he grabs one of my fingers and he starts pulling me. And he says, come Papa, come Papa. And he drags me to what he wants. Because he can't reach it. And then he'll, he'll sort of say, switch on the light. And I have to switch on the light. And he, then he'll point up to the thing that he wants. And it's usually my toolbox up on the shelf where he, I put it up nice and high where he can't reach it. And he, and he says something that sounds like screwdriver. <laughs> and then I know what he wants. But he knows he can't reach that screwdriver himself. And because he knows he's dependent, he's not afraid to come and ask. And, and it's the same with us. We should have that childlike humility of knowing we're dependent and in prayer just coming to ask God. We will never cease being little children in our relationship with God. Another thing um, that, another childlike characteristic is, is childlike trust. And you see now, amazingly, implicitly, and deeply children trust. As a parent, sometimes it's a bit scary. Well, our, our second son, Justin, he, he was quite a rough character. He was... ADHD on steroids and he would always be running around and climbing up on stuff and, and, and he had this thing when he was still quite small I think he might have been three years old or so so he'd climb up on stuff and then you know we'd play this game and I'd say one, two, three and then he'd jump and I'd catch him and, and just, he just sort of trusted and, and then he started realizing but yeah he likes this you know so, so he started getting up on stuff and then you just hear one, two, three and then you must run like, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> catch him. Because he just has this trust that, that you're going to be there to catch him, you know. <laughs> so you just run towards the counting. <laughs> but as we grow older, we can so easily become skeptical and even cynical. And we no longer expect our father to catch us. We no longer even jump. We no longer even ask. We no longer even count. (laughs) And Jesus says that that we must approach God with a deep, childlike trust. Get rid of this skepticism and the cynicism that it can become. You know, where you just expect your, your, your prayers not to be heard, not to be answered, everything to go wrong all the time. Uh, the, bar, the world tries to train us in that, but we should, we should allow God to retrain us. And, and children at their best trust, their dad, trust that their dads know best. They trust that their bad dads know best. They trust that their dads are the best. And they trust that their dads love them. Have you ever heard kids bragging about their dads? You know? Um, and, and everyone just thinks, no, their dad is the most awesome. Okay, it's little kids that do that, you know. I'm not talking about teenagers, you know. There comes a time around the teenage years when, when, when uh, children start to become disillusioned, you know, with their parents, you know. And dad cannot do everything that I thought. In fact, he doesn't even do everything as well as I can. In fact, you know, I think, you know, I know better than dad. And then you have to say to your kids, maybe you should go and find a job while you still know everything. But... Um, <laughs> But little kids, they still, they still think their dad is the most awesome. Uh, and, and they still want to give you hugs, you know. So they come to you and they hug you and hold you. And, you know, you need to enjoy it while, um, while they still want to hug you. But um, with earthly parents, there inevitably comes a place where, because kids bragging about their parents, and especially about their dads, is usually an exaggeration. You listen to them and you hear that they're exaggerating, you know, it's over the top, you know. No dad can live up to that, you know. But hang on, what if you did have a dad that could live up to your greatest bragging about him? What if you had a dad that exceeded your exaggeration of him? What if you had a dad that was so awesome you couldn't actually exaggerate how great he was? And how strong he was. And how wise he is. And everything that he could do. Guess what? We have such a dad. <laughs> and that's why we mustn't lose that childlike trust. We mustn't become spiritual teenagers. Because our dad actually exceeds our attempts to exaggerate how great he is. He exceeds it. So we must... Um, have childlike trust. And, and, and that means that we must um, have the childlike trust that God will always give us what we ask for in prayer or what we would have asked for if we knew what he knew. Because he knows best. You know, so it's so easy to start thinking that we know best and start telling God what he should give us and what he should do in our lives. But if we really trust God with a childlike trust, we'll ask him to do what he knows is best. Even if sometimes we don't like it. Because sometimes dads do things for, for the good of their children that their children don't like. Sometimes you need to discipline your, your child. And, and no child likes discipline. But it's good for them. Any dad 
who loves his children will discipline them. If you don't discipline your children, you're setting them up for failure. And our Father loves us. And he won't always give us what we like. Sometimes he will. Sometimes he'll give us what we ask for and what we want. But, but sometimes he'll give us something better that we didn't even know to ask for. Um, and then the last one is just childlike honesty. As we grow up, we tend to, like I said, filter what we say. And, um, you know, we, we, we tend to measure what we say. But have you seen children? They just blurt everything out. You know, they just say it as it comes into their heads. You know, it's, their speech is unfiltered. Um, they, 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 don't, they don't think about what they're saying. And sometimes it's very funny and sometimes it's a bit offensive and sometimes it's a bit inappropriate. But they just blurt out whatever is in their hearts and minds, you know. I, I, I always think of this story of the, of the mum. She had a little girl, I think it was three or four years old. And um, she was pregnant with her second uh, child. And she was getting out of the shower and drying herself. And a little four-year-old daughter came in and said, Mommy, you're fat. <laughs> and, she, and she was quite offended because, I mean, she was quite, you know, far advanced, you know, in her pregnancy. And, you know, her belly was quite big, you know. And she was a bit fragile and feeling a bit self-conscious and so on. And now a little precious little daughter comes and tells her just, just like that, you know, Mommy, you're fat. And she said, No, no, honey. She's trying to sort of, you know, rein herself in and so on. No, no, honey. Mommy has a, a baby growing in her tummy. And the little girl said, Oh, but what's growing in your butt? <laughs> <laughs> Completely unfiltered. Boom. <laughs> but you know what? God actually, actually wants us to have that childlike honesty, brutal honesty and unfiltered speech around him. Have you read the, have you read the Psalms? Have you read the way that David and those guys speak to God in the Psalms? It's unfiltered. It's completely unfiltered. And, and God wants our prayers to be unfiltered, childlike, unfiltered, pre-reflective outbursts towards him. There's a place for that. I mean, why do you think God kept all those prayers? Some of them sound completely disrespectful. Some of them sound like, God, where are you? You've forsaken me. You know, uh, since my youth I've been suffering. You've never been there for me. Because that's how it feels. And why did God inspire them to be in Scripture? As examples for us how to pray. God actually wants us. You see, the thing is, God already knows what's going on in our hearts and in our minds before we say it. We don't fool him by filtering and dressing up our prayers we don't fool him. He already knows what's in our hearts. And he wants us to come to him honestly, brutally honest, like little children, just blurt out our prayers towards him. And just say how we're feeling. If you're feeling, Lord, I'm really feeling down. I, Lord, I really don't feel like praising you now. And, and Lord, I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm not feeling well. You know, I, I just don't feel, everyone else seems all happy and so on. And they feel, that they look like they want to worship you. I don't. God can handle it. Tell him. But then also say, God, help me. You'll also find that those guys who are very honest in, in the Psalms and just sort of blurt out and, 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 and just sort of vent to God, eventually they are led by the Spirit to worship themselves out of their blues and out of their depression. So if you pray long enough, you will pray yourself into, prayer, in, into praise. 
You'll pray yourself into worship towards God. Have you, have you, have you ever noticed that um, little children are not afraid to be naked around their parents? And I was thinking, you know, as I, as I change Ethan's nappy, I often think, my goodness, you know. <laughs> Someone had to do this to me. <laughs> Ooh, no ways, you know. But for, but for little children, it's fine. They don't mind being naked and vulnerable in front of their parents. And, and I think that's the attitude, childlike honesty and humility and trust that God wants us to have around him. We can completely be ourselves without any shame, without any fear, without any filtering, without any holding back. And I can guarantee you, if you pray like that, you, it will revolutionize your prayer life because your prayer life will no longer be a product that you offer to God. It'll be a process that you share with God. Hello? It'll no longer be a product that you have to dress up and fix up and make it all nice and shiny in order to present to God. It'll be a process that you share with God, a process of growing up, a process of becoming more like Him, a process of relationship and intimacy with Him. And uh, Durette just has a few things that she wants to share about that. Hello, everyone. Um, Yeah, recently I learned it's possible to pray often and to pray a lot but to not have any intimacy or connection with the Father. Yeah, that was a hard lesson to learn, but I'm grateful now. I like, I'm reading The Heavenly Man at the moment, and I like what Brother Yoon says. He says, the person who suffers most is the person who lives without the intimate presence of the Holy Spirit. The intimate presence. And... Um, I was, I was frustrated in prayer. I was hopeless in prayer. Like I prayed a lot. I prayed all the time. But there was limited breakthrough for me. I still felt anxious. I still felt depressed. I still felt hopeless. And um, you know what happens when you're frustrated in prayer? Like if you can't connect to the Father, then you tend to turn to people. And you try and connect with people. And then I realized I couldn't connect with them either. <laughs> couldn't open up. Couldn't be vulnerable. And um, I went before God and I just, I sat there and I just like, I don't even know what to pray anymore. Like, and God said to me, Doret, you need to become like a child again. You need to become like a child again. And I said, okay, Lord. I said to him, I'm willing to become like a child again, but I don't even know what to pray. I'm so hopeless. I'm so depressed. I honestly want to die. <laughs> and... Um, he made, me a sp- he made me a prayer baby again, you know. How does a child learn language? A child says one word first. And he taught me a one word prayer and it's called Abba. So for a week I just prayed Abba, 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 Abba. Because that's all I could get out. And then he taught me my second prayer word, Jesus. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. So then I just started praying Jesus, 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 Jesus. And what do babies do? What do children do? They babble. So then I started praying in tongues, (laughs) and I just babbled before the Lord, because when you don't know what to pray, there's a heavenly Father who makes intercession on your behalf. Then he said to me, Doreg, you need to become like a child again. I said, yes, Lord, I'm trying. (laughs) Luckily, I work at a, I'm an occupational therapist at a school for disabled children and specific learning needs, so I started paying attention. So I work with a lot of kids that have that have ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder. And um, 
sometimes I would pray and it would literally be like this. Lord, I repent of where I lost my temper with my colleague today. Wonder what I'm going to have for dinner. Maybe I want chicken, but I don't really feel for chicken. Maybe I should go get curry. But the curry I got last time from that place was really dodgy. And then I'm like, hello, you were just having a conversation with your maker, you know, the one who holds the universe, and you just checked out, <laughs> out of prayer. And um, God said to me, Dorit, think of your ADD children. They are super distractible and super impulsive in a therapy session. When they get distracted, are you less connected? Are you less involved? Are you less caring? He said to me, no, you're not. I said, Lord, I just guide them back to the session. He says, that's all I want from you. Just want you to come back to me. He said to me, I love your ADD praying. I love that about you. <laughs> I call it ADP, attention deficit praying. Um, but yeah, like, don't be discouraged if you get distracted because so oftentimes I would pray and I would get distracted and I would leave my prayer room. And God's just like, just come back to me. I'm your father. I love you. Then he said to me, come messy. <laughs> I wear my nice clothes on Sundays because I work with children. Like, it's messy. <laughs> you know, prayer is what makes Christianity a relationship and not a religion. Guess what? Relationships are messy. Prayer is messy. He says, come messy. Come messy. Come raw. Hashtag no filter. Just come as you are. Yeah, you know, and... There's another thing, like when a child is hurting, they, they just run straight to the father. And if you, like as a parent, I'm not a parent yet, but even if my sister's children, if they are hurting, like it cuts me too. And I can't help but just scoop them up into my arms and just love them and just have like that face-to-face interaction with them. God is near to the brokenhearted. One of the prerequisites for prayer is a weariness, is a brokenness, is a helplessness. Like Haney said, children are helpless. They are completely dependent on their parents for care, to do anything, go to the bathroom, eat, dress. Things won't happen without the parent. And it's the same way. Psalm 34, God is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit and delivers those who are discouraged. I was striving in my prayer life because I like being put together, you know. I'm very, I used to be very task-orientated. And I went to prayer like that, put together. Children aren't put together. They're not. God took me to, I think Psalm 40, where it says, um, burnt offering and sacrifice I did not require, but a broken and contrite spirit. Children are messy. They are raw. They get distracted. <laughs> You know, these are small changes I made to my prayer life. And um, all of a sudden, from that flowed such beautiful intimacy that I've never known before. And it's just getting deeper and better and better and better. I was up till four o'clock this morning. <laughs> I, could, I didn't want to sleep because like, I just love his presence so much, you know. Just looking at him as you know, face-to-face time with Jesus But God had to restore a childlikeness in me to restore my intimacy with him. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I love that ADD prayer idea. (laughs) Do you also get distracted when you pray sometimes? I do. And, uh, you know, I I so agree with Tourette. Let's just then bring our distraction to the Lord and say, Lord, I just got distracted. I was thinking of all kinds of other stuff. You know what's on my mind. 
but I just bring those things to you. And um, I just want to affirm what, what Dorette said. You know, there's, you know, when you're a parent, you, you know your children's cries. Sometimes there's a cry of frustration. Sometimes there's a cry of anger. But then sometimes there's a cry of pain. And you know it. And that cry makes you stop immediately everything you're doing and run to them. And if that is true for us as fallen, imperfect human parents, how much more is that true for our Heavenly Father? We come in that childlikeness to him. His heart, his heart is touched by us, just by our childlikeness. So I want us um, to pray for for a while. We don't have um, too much time, but but I just actually have one main thing on my heart for us as the church. Today is our show for the global day of prayer and fasting, but. I just have one main thing on my heart for us, and that is that we will really be able to pray in a childlike way. And, and that's on my heart for the whole church. And I think it's on God's heart for the church. So I want us to just turn to each other two by two, and, and let's pray for that. Pray for, for yourself, for yourselves, but pray for the church, for Shofar and for the rest of, of, of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and pray that we will be childlike in our prayer. That we will just come and speak to our dad. Just come as we are. Yes, Father God, we just come to you this morning in Jesus' name. And we want to pray for ourselves, Lord, individually, for ourselves corporately as, as the shofar movement, but also just for the whole body of the Lord Jesus Christ worldwide. And we pray, Lord God, that your house will indeed be a house of prayer. We pray, Lord, that your church will be a praying church, Lord, who in childlike humility, childlike trust, childlike honesty come to you, Lord, and just talk to you, Lord, about our needs and about how great you are to us. Lord, and we we just pray, Lord, that you'll continue to do what you've been doing in your church, Lord. And we, we pray, Lord, that the church as a whole, your church as a whole, will rise up Rise up and pray, Lord, that, that, we will, that we will draw nearer to you, Lord, but, but not by being better, but just being more childlike, just being more honest, just being more humble, just being more trusting. In Jesus' name, help us with that. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you noticed um, the last couple of weeks, um, last couple of weeks especially, uh, there, there've been, there's been something special in the services. During the worship, um, just, you could, the presence of God has just been even more tangible than before. I don't, am I the only one who noticed it, or did, did you guys notice it as well? Um, and I can tell you one of the reasons for that, you know, obviously there are many reasons, you know, God is good and He just loves us and He just wants to be with us. But one of the reasons is we've just been praying more. Um, for instance, last Sunday um, at both the morning and the evening service, there were more people at intercession than usually. In the morning, I think there were 10 to 15 people. Um, and then on Friday, we had a, a prayer meeting at, at Handa and Arthur's house, which was wonderful. And I think there were probably about 40 people. And we had a wonderful time of worship and just praying. And it was really, really special. Um, and this morning, uh, we had about 30 people at intercession. And I want to encourage you, this evening, the this, this service starts at 5, but we started with intercession at at four o'clock at uh, Cura Ravonia, let's be there, let's pray. Let's see what the Lord does because the Lord really does answer prayers. 
He really does answer prayers. That's the kind of God he is. That's the kind of father he is. And the reason, one of the main reasons why he answers prayers is because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. I just want to just get back to, just quickly read that uh, part of that scripture that in, in, in Matthew 18 to you again. It says, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Unless you turn and become like little children. And the interesting thing there is um, turning obviously represents repentance. Repentance is when you're walking one way towards the world and then you stop and you turn around. You know, you were walking away from God and now you're walking to God. That's repentance. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of life. A change of mind that leads to a change of life. But the interesting thing about the word turn there is that it's in the passive voice. You know what a passive verb is? That's when, when you're not doing it, but when it's being done to you. So what Jesus is saying is, unless you are turned... <laughs> And become like a little child. You cannot enter the kingdom of God. And isn't that what born again is all about? How do you get a little child? They're born. And so we are born again into the kingdom. That's when God takes us and He turns our lives around. He turns us. He turns our world upside down. And He makes us like little children again. And I think one of the the clearest evidence that God has turned you is that he's made you like a child again with that childlike humility, that childlike trust, that childlike just honesty before him, that ability to just be a child with him again, around him again. And, and if you're the year this morning and, and you've never experienced that, I want, I want to encourage you, use, use the, the opportunity as we're going to have communi- communion now because this is the price that Jesus paid so that we can become the children of God. We were like children that have been slow, sold into slavery to the world, you know, and, 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 and we've been sold on the marketplace of the, of the world and, and we were in bondage, slaves, branded, captives. And Jesus came and he paid the price we could never pay to buy us on the slave market of life and of the world so that we can no longer so we no longer have to be child child slaves but so that we can be free children part of his family we would have never been able to buy ourselves free but he bought us free so we can be children in his family so i want to encourage you you know if you've never done that before i want you to to actually pray and say lord I receive the payment that you made for me and I do that exchange. As you gave yourself for me, I give myself to you. Take me. Make me your own. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Johannesburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www dot